RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. Tonight's headlines. A probe clears a top national security cop of wrongdoing over his trip to an unlicensed massage parlour. The chief executive says he's not faced by criticism of her efforts by her predecessor, CY Leung. And Hong Kong's office in Taipei is no more amid growing tensions. Police have cleared the force's director of national security, Frederick Choi, of unethical or illegal behaviour after he was found in an unlicensed massage parlour where sex was being sold. Chief Superintendent Ryan Wong of the Organised Crime and Triad Bureau said that when police visited the parlour in late March, they found prostitution taking place, but no evidence that Mr Choi was doing anything wrong. We have arrested six uh, females, local, local, local females. And the case has been sent to the Department of Justice for their advice. Uh, secondly, uh, at the time when Mr. Choi was being found, uh, at, at this moment, uh, as I have uh, repeated uh, so many times, we have no evidence to uh, suggest he was then, then doing any illegal acts or committing any immoral acts. We have conducted very thorough uh, investigation. Chief Executive Kerry Lam has played down criticism of her government by her predecessor, CY Leung, who's accused the administration of dragging its feet on resolving Hong Kong's housing woes. Damon Pang reports. Recent comments by the former chief executive on possibly developing the fringes of country parks and civil servants lacking what he called a do-it-or-die attitude to resolve the housing shortage have fueled speculation that the state leader may run for Hong Kong's top job next year. Responding to C.Y. Leung's criticism ahead of the weekly Executive Council meeting, Carrie Lam said different governments may adopt different strategies when it comes to the search for land. Mrs. Lam said her government is trying to plan for the long run and find new land, and it's unfair to conclude whether certain land supply measures are effective or not, because some take a long time to come to fruition. The CE also said people are free to criticise the government, but that the work of civil servants should be recognised as well. She spoke through an interpreter. Members of the public has lots of freedom in terms of criticizing the government. And me and my team would listen to these criticisms in terms of our structure, our work. Uh, I can't say everything is perfect. Hong Kong has a very complicated system, so the daily operation of the city relies on the combined efforts of the civil service team. Mr Leung served as the city's top leader between 2012 and 2017. He's now a vice chairman of the country's top advisory body, the Chinese People's Political Consultative Conference. Hong Kong says it's temporarily suspending operations of its office in Taiwan. Officials say the decision to shut down the Hong Kong Economic Trade and Cultural Office there has nothing to do with the worsening COVID-19 situation on the island. The Mainland Affairs Council in Taiwan says it regrets the move and vowed to keep its office in the SAR open. China analyst Willie Lam says the saga dealt another blow to already strained ties between Hong Kong and Taipei. The closure of the office in Taipei would affect trade and tourism between the two places. It looks like we are seeing a trend of alienation and further distancing between Hong Kong and Taipei and Taiwan. Health officials have confirmed one new COVID-19 case involving a 42-year-old man who arrived in the SAR from India. There were no new local cases. Meanwhile, officials have further tightened quarantine rules for arrivals from Singapore and Taiwan. People serving home quarantine will have to go to hotels. 
The police say they smashed a human trafficking and prostitution syndicate and arrested 106 people in a joint operation with Guangdong authorities. Natalie Cheng reports. The force says 35 of those arrested were sex workers from the mainland who were smuggled into Hong Kong by syndicate members. Senior Superintendent Ho Chun Tung says it was difficult to detect such illegal activities as the prostitutes were kept inside hotel rooms and flats in order to minimize the chance of them being stopped and searched on the streets. He says that all advertising was done through instant messaging apps such as Telegram and WeChat, as well as porn sites hosted outside Hong Kong. The website that's been using to promote these activities is not hosted in Hong Kong. That is a very, very big hurdle for us to try to shut this kind of activities. And many of them, they're using more instant messaging apps. You know, these companies, they're not Hong Kong-based companies. This all add to the difficulties that we are having in our investigation and enforcement actions. Around $6.5 million of crime proceeds was also seized in the police operation. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. The government says a new committee will compile a list of up to 100 overseas medical schools to be recognised in Hong Kong, paving the way for permanent residents who studied medicine outside the SAR to return and help ease a chronic shortage of doctors. Wendy Wong reports. Health Secretary Sophia Chen says that a 10-member committee, including four members appointed by the chief executive, will look at medical school's medium of instruction, curriculum and international ranking and choose 100 of them at most. Professor Chan says other committee members include the Director of Health and the Heads of the Hospital Authority, the Medical Council, the two medical schools in the SAR and the Hong Kong Academy of Medicine. Given the shortage of manpower, we do want uh, people to come back as soon as possible. But they do take some time, I'm sure, you know, to get uh, the, the list together. In looking ahead, I don't think the work of the Special Registration Committee should exceed one year. The health chief also says the committee won't take into account political factors after critics expressed worries that the quality of medical services might be affected if doctors trained in the mainland are allowed to work here. Hong Kong permanent residents who graduate from one of the chosen schools and register as doctors outside of Hong Kong will be able to come back and work in the city as long as they find a job in a public medical institution. After they obtain a specialist qualification in Hong Kong, they will have to work at a public medical institution for another five years before they can get full registration. The president of the Medical Association, Choi Ken, complained that the new vetting committee might not represent the voice of the medical profession. Whether they are elected by the general doctor population or whether they are appointed by the chief executive is not known at this point in time. So if they are all elected members of the medical council, that means there will be no views from the general population of doctors. This is not representative of the the whole profession. The general consensus of the profession will not be uh, passed on to the vetting committee, nor to the chief executive, nor to the government. It will be just looped uh, opinion of uh, those who are appointed by the chief executive and the government. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, has dismissed what she called attacks from Western media on Hong Kong's status as a global financial hub. Speaking ahead of the weekly Executive Council meeting, Mrs Lam says a move to freeze the assets of jailed media tycoon Jimmy Lai actually strengthens, rather than undermines, the SAR's position. Damon Pang reports. Authorities use for the first time new powers granted to them under the Beijing-imposed national security law to freeze Apple Daily founder Jimmy Lai's personal assets on Friday. 
they alleged the property was reasonably suspected to be related to offences endangering national security. Chief Executive Kerry Lam says the asset freeze shows how serious the SAR is in enforcing the law and protecting the security of not only Hong Kong residents, but the country's entire population of 1.4 billion people. Taiwan's Mainland Affairs Council had been quoted as saying the asset freeze was a warning to global investors about the risks of doing business in Hong Kong. Mrs. Lam says some Western media have used the case to attack the city's position as a financial hub. She says it won't undermine the city's status, instead it will protect it. She says no one will be able to make use of the city's financial systems to threaten national security and that of the SAR. Jimmy Lai faces three national security-related charges. He's already serving a 14-month sentence for taking part in unauthorized assemblies in August 2019. The chief executive also says officials will work in accordance with the law on matters of national security to ensure those who violate the law are punished. But she wouldn't be drawn on whether commemorating the victims of the 1989 Tiananmen Square massacre next month will amount to a national security breach, saying the press were trying to force her to say what will be illegal. Mrs. Lam says there are laws on public order to deal with gatherings, and ultimately it's up to the courts to decide the legality of certain acts or slogans, such as end one-party rule. She says reports that the police would arrest whoever enters Victoria Park for the commemoration on June 4th are speculative, refusing to offer any further comments. The district court has denied bail to six veteran pro-democracy activists who pleaded guilty to organising an unauthorised protest on October the 1st, 2019, as they await their sentences. Wang Yinting has details. District Court Judge Amanda Woodcock revoked bail for the six activists following an application by the Department of Justice. Former lawmakers Albert Ho, Yang Sum and Sin Chong Kai and activists Figo Chen, Avery Ng and Richard Choi will be remanded in custody. They are among 10 defendants who admitted to organising a protest on Hong Kong Island on October 1st of 2019. The remaining four defendants, media tycoon Jimmy Lai and former legislators Lee Chakian, Leung Kuo Kong and Sit Ho, are serving prison terms in relation to other cases. The judge will hear mitigation pleas on May 24th and hand down sentences on May 28th. Civil service unions have called on the administration to introduce a pay freeze for the second year in a row after the latest report by the official Pay Trends Survey Committee suggested pay cuts of up to 2% for government staff. Richard Pine has details. The government-appointed panel recommended salary decreases of 0.68% for junior civil servants, 0.54% for middle-ranking workers, and 2.04% for senior staff, after taking into account salary movements in around 110 private companies over the past year. The committee's chairman, Li Lunfei, said the numbers from this year's report shows just how badly the city's economy was affected by the pandemic. He refused to be drawn on whether the government should go ahead with a pay cut or introduce a pay freeze for a second year running. Last year, the government froze salaries despite the committee recommending rises of up to 1.98%, saying government workers should help ride out the difficult times. Both the Hong Kong Chinese Civil Servants Association and the Hong Kong Senior Government Officers Association called on the government to freeze pay again this time around to maintain staff morale. The Civil Service Bureau, for its part, said the Chief Executive and Council will make a final decision after taking into account a basket of factors, including Hong Kong's economy, changes in the cost of living and workers' morale. 
A skyscraper in Shenzhen was evacuated this afternoon after it began to shake, sending panicked shoppers scampering for safety. The almost 300-metre-high SEG Plaza inexplicably began to shake at around 1 o'clock and was sealed before 3. Authorities are investigating, but have ruled out an earthquake. Overseas, two Thai workers have been killed and at least 10 Israelis injured by a barrage of mortar shells by Palestinian militants into southern Israel. The incident happened at Israel's Erez crossing, which is used by people travelling into and out of the Gaza Strip. In response, Israel has reclosed the Kerem Shalom Guts crossing, which it opened briefly for Jordanian aid trucks. The BBC's Yolanda Nell is in Jerusalem. Well, the violence has picked up again in the last few hours. Warning sirens once again for incoming rockets in towns and cities across southern Israel in Beersheba, Ashdod, places like this. Israeli airstrikes have been continuing inside Gaza with buildings shaking, my colleagues there tell me. Uh, this is where Israel has been going after these underground tunnels used by militants that it's called the Metro. Speaking in Iceland, the US Secretary of State Antony Blinken has said Washington is working towards ending the cycle of violence between the Palestinians and Israel. Uh, I also had the opportunity to speak to our envoy uh, in the region, Hadi Amr, to get uh, the latest uh, update from him on his conversations with uh, the parties, including most recently uh, President uh, Abbas. Our goal remains uh, to bring the current cycle of violence to an end as quickly as possible and then bring the parties back to the work of building lasting stability, which the Palestinian and Israeli people deserve. Sport and in football, Tottenham Hotspur say they won't comment on a fresh report that their star striker, the England captain Harry Kane, has told them he wants to leave. If Kane does move and he could command a transfer fee of up to 210 million US dollars, Manchester City, Manchester United and Chelsea will all be interested parties. The former Premier League forward Chris Sutton feels that City will be in pole position. We know they have money. Why wouldn't they spend it on, it's not the final piece of the jigsaw, but, you know, pay the money and he's going to guarantee you, you carry on winning things, isn't he? Roy Hodgson is stepping down as manager of Crystal Palace after a four-year spell. He'll leave the London club at the end of the season. The former England manager, who's 73, says it's time for him to, as he put it, step away from the rigours of top-flight Premier League football. And in hockey, Brad Marchand scored 39 seconds into overtime to help the Boston Bruins rally to a 4-3 victory over the Washington Capitals, tying their first-round playoff series at a game apiece. The Carolina Hurricanes won 5-2 against the Nashville Predators. A reminder of our top story is a probe clears a top national security cop of wrongdoing over his trip to an unlicensed massage parlour. The chief executive says she's not phased by criticism from her predecessor, Siwai Leung, and Hong Kong's office in Taipei is no more. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 my skin I've got you deep in the heart of me so deep in my heart that you're really a part of me I've got you under 
under my skin I tried so not to give in I said to myself this affair never will go so well But why should I try to resist when baby I know so well I've got you under my skin I'd sacrifice anything come what might for the sake of having you near in spite of a warning voice that comes in the night and repeats repeats in my ear Don't you know little fool you never can win Use your mentality Wake up to reality But each time that I do just the thought of you makes me stop before I begin Cause I've got you under my skin anything come what might for the sake of having you near in spite of a warning voice that comes in the night and repeats how it yells in my ear don't you know little fool you never can win why not use your mentality step up wake up to reality Frank Sinatra, of course, I got you under my skin. How are you doing? Thanks for tuning in. Peter King with you through until 1 a.m. Our sentimental journey coming our way after the news at midnight tonight. Hope you can stick around for that. And if you can do anything for you uh, music-wise, of course, do get in touch. It's Radio Pete at uh, Gmail if you'd uh, like to have a go. It would be nice to hear from you. Earlier on, I set you an idea of a song. It was called Crazy. Patsy Cline, of course, was the one who did it first. But can you remember... Who did it? Uh, in fact, recorded it the first time, I should say. Patsy Cline had a big hit with it, but she wasn't the first to put it on record. Answer to that one coming up later. Plus, we're heading over to Tokyo with Helmut Zacharias, but first from Etta James. What a beautiful voice. At last. Hey. 